Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Improved Photography Network. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon. I want to thank everyone who has joined our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash photo taco. If you haven't joined, get over there and get in. It's great conversation going on. I also want to remind everyone I'm giving away a free portfolio review where a listener can get me 14 of their best photos and I will get them an audio recording of my feedback and advice on things they could do to improve their photography. To enter the contest, you have to share or recommend the show. You can review the show on iTunes or you can share a link to the show on social media. Uh, that's improvephotography.com slash photo taco. Share that link and the three hashtags, pound photo taco, pound photography, pound podcast. The contest started July 1st, 2016. It's going to end July 30th, 2016. And I will randomly pick one reviewer slash sharer of the show in the first episode there in August. All right, today's topic comes from the Facebook group again, and it's from Andrew Block. And he said, I could use some IT help. I'm a hobbyist photographer, have about 20,000 photos in Lightroom. I work pretty much exclusively for my MacBook Pro 2011 13-inch because I do a decent amount of travel for work and like to mess with photos while I travel. The MacBook has 8GB of RAM, 2 card slots, 4 and 4, and I'm officially maxed out on the computer space. I've been told by some to take photos off the MacBook and put them on a separate hard drive. I pretty much only use my MacBook for photography. Other than buying a new computer, what is the best way to add space or continue to use this MacBook? I was just about to start the process of backing up to the cloud, but now I need to figure this out too. Thanks in advance for any help. I'm going to search prior posts as I know this is pro this has been a lengthy thread. So, Andrew, thank you so much for your question. Now, first off, I do want to be clear <laughs> about this because I have thousands of photographers listening to the podcast and I get very technical frequently and a lot have reached out to me and said, oh, would you please help me with my specific weird technical problem thing? And sadly, I can't respond to those. Even if people offer me to, that they'll pay me money to do it, that's not what I want to do with this. I want to provide tips for photography. I want to get out and shoot photography. I spend all day at an IT job. I don't want to do it on the side. So sadly, I'm not going to answer your specific technical question if you message me and want some help with something like some blue screen you're getting or whatever it might be. But this question is different because this is a wall a lot of photographers hit. And so I wanted to address it. And even though I've kind of talked about it before, in fact, there's a couple of resources I want to point you to. There's an article I wrote at improvephotography.com called The Ultimate Backup Workflow for, Workflow for Photographers. There's also a photo taco I did called Photography and Storage. So you want to go check those two things out because there's going to be a lot more detail on the topics of backup and storage workflow that I'm not going to go through in this podcast. I have a different thing I want to get to in this episode. So if there's, you need to listen to this episode and then you need to go check out those articles. The other really good resource that just got created, Jim just finished a really excellent video 
training course that he's made available on improvephotographyplus.com. So that's the subscription service that Improved Photography offers where he mentors photographers. And he's made available to them, at least for now, as of the recording of this podcast, it's only available in Improved Photography Plus, a video training course called Lightroom Medic. And he walks through not only kind of some of what I am going to talk about today, in fact, most of what I talk about, he he goes through in the video training course, but he goes through a whole bunch more, a whole lot of other stuff that's really valuable in helping you kind of figure out how to organize your photos in Lightroom. So if that's what you're after, if, if that would help you, you might want to consider signing up for Improved Photography Plus. Go subscribe over there and you'll be able to get access to the video and to one of the mentors and it'll really help your photography. All right, enough for that little commercial. Let's go on to talk specifically about Andrew's question. I decided to take on the question because he hit so he, he's at a wall I think a lot of photographers will. And it's because you have two things that are kind of moving in opposite directions. You have uh, SSD drives that have been used in a lot of computers over the last few years that are getting smaller and smaller in size. They have big advantages because they are, um, they're faster, they take less energy to run, they're, we think, more durable. The jury's still honestly out a little bit on that, but overall they seem to be more durable in portable things like a laptop. So there's good reasons for it, but they're also about the 10th of the size of what the magnetic drives had been. You used to be able to get a laptop that had a pretty nice big drive inside it, and SSD drives are littler. It's more expensive to get the flash memory that has to go inside of there, and so the drive sizes have been shrinking. And at the same time, photographers, as you get started, you start out in JPEG. Everyone does because that's the default default mode that your camera comes config, configured to use. It has to. The manufacturers don't want people to take pictures and then connect to their computer and go, I can't even see these things. What? My camera's broken. What's going on? So it has to be JPEG by default. But at some point, as you get into it more and as you want to get more quality, you quickly learn about RAW files. And you do, you know you want to go and use raw files, which is a, a great idea. I love using raw files, but that means they're about ten times the size of those JPEG files or more. And so you have these two things going in opposite directions. The hard drives are getting smaller, and photographers, as they get into it, have files that are getting bigger. And you're going to hit this wall where you're like, I'm out of space. That went really, really fast too. I got there really fast. In fact, a photographer probably, as, as you start getting into it, when you first hit this wall, uh, you probably didn't have a computer that you bought specifically to do photography on. You limped along maybe with whatever you had. Maybe it was tough to even use Lightroom because it wasn't built to run for photography stuff. Lightroom and Photoshop, they're pretty demanding tools, and they don't run very well on on you know, spec computers that are really lowly spec'd out. And the hard drive running out of space is probably one of those things, which is where Andrew has hit the wall. And so it's inevitable, I think, that photographers are going to have to figure out how to add storage to their computer. Even if you did get a spec machine where you had a whole bunch of storage, the, the photos we take are huge, and they just add up over time to the point where it's just not going to work to keep it on a single drive inside your computer forever. So let's talk about how I would recommend 
changing that. And I'm going to, this advice is going to be pretty specific to Andrew's situation. He asked the question, so I'm going to answer his question more specifically. I hope you all will be able to figure out how to kind of apply it to your situation and that it will be a general suggestion that you're getting out of it. So let's talk about the cheap, easy fix is what I'm going to call it. The bad news about this, and the reason I'm calling it a cheap, easy fix, is it's really only an interim solution because another wall's headed your way. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's another place that where you're going to run into a challenge, and the solution I'm going to describe to you right now, it won't work. I'm going to suggest this interim solution because the other one, it's going to cost quite a bit more money to do, and it's going to take a little bit more technical expertise to figure it out. This is a cheap, easy solution, as cheap and easy as it can get to add external storage to your computer. So that's what I'm going to describe. The other solution that everyone's probably going to have to get to if you stay in photography long enough and if you want to keep your photos for a lot of years, then you're going to have to get to something called direct attached storage. That's where you're going to use either Thunderbolt or USB cable to connect to a RAID system like a Drobo or a uh, G Drive kind of solution. I talk about that in a lot of detail in my storage workflow articles that I already pointed you to. Or check the show notes and hit up those links so that you can uh, go listen to or read the articles about that. But I'm not going to talk about that because it's going to take quite a bit more money and more expertise. So let's go back to the cheap, easy solution. Let's detail that out. See if it will be helpful. I hope it will be. So we already gave a, a big portion of the advice to Andrew, but I want to repeat it here for those that are not in the Facebook group. Go join if you haven't. Okay, so the solution that we recommended, and it's not just me, it was a group effort. There were lots of people who contributed to answering Andrew's question. Buy two two terabyte hard drives, two of them. And I don't think the specific brand is a big deal here. Andrew asked for suggestions and we gave him some and I'll detail that in a second. But really, I don't think it matters a ton. You're going to get pretty close to the same performance. Um, the prices might be a little different depending on what may be on sale or not when you go look. So just kind of, it's good. I'd say it's probably just going to be price based, whatever you find to be cheap. Now, if it's way cheaper than other options, I might be a little worried. It might be reason why it's so darn cheap. But there's two things that I think you should look for. And other than that, it doesn't really matter. The first is the speed of the connection to the drive. For Windows, at least for the time being, at the time of this podcast, the vast majority of PCs really only have USB 3.0 as the fastest connection they've got. For Mac, you have Thunderbolt 1 on some and Thunderbolt 2 on others that are both quite a bit faster than USB 3.0. But in external drives, you pay a premium for that. There weren't a lot of drives created that have Thunderbolt connections. USB is definitely kind of the winner in that space. And they're going to be much, much cheaper. So is the speed trade-off worth it? Yeah, I don't think it is. I think I would stick with just a USB 3.0 connection. Um, although in Andrew's case, we are going to recommend a little bit different just because of the ports and needing to be connected. So his specific advice, it made, I think, some sense to get a Thunderbolt drive, but, um, but I'll talk about that in a second. So the second thing that I would look for when you're going to go get a two terabyte drive to add to the system is how is the drive powered? How does the drive get power? It can be a little challenging to validate this on Amazon sometimes because the drive manufacturers 
aren't consistent about how they tell you whether or not the drive is powered through the the USB cable or if it takes a a second wire to a, like a a wall outlet kind of power adapter. So uh, you look for things in the description like portable. If it says it's portable, there's a good chance that it's going to be powered by the USB cable. Or bus powered is the technical term for it. Or if it says no AC adapter required in the description, that's what I'd look for. And I'm suggesting that because it gives you a bit, a little bit more flexibility. You can take the drive with you if you're traveling. Um, you don't have to, but if you wanted to, it gives you kind of an option to do that. The other thing is, it just means there's one less wire. And I know for my office, I need less wires. So if, if I'm buying an external drive, I want one that is powered by the USB cable, not one that I have to plug in extra power for. There, there are some advantages to that, to that uh, style where you plug in the, you have an extra power cable, but it's not material enough, I don't think, to be something I'd be worried about. I would opt to not have the extra wire. Okay, so CJ Andrews, he gave a specific recommendation in the Facebook group of a drive to buy, and it's a good one. It's the Western Digital 2TB My Passport Pro Portable External Hard Drive with Thunderbolt. Huge long name. I'll put the links to the drives in the in the show notes if you're interested. It at the time of the recording of the podcast, it was about $225, which is a little expensive, but it's because it's a Thunderbolt connected drive. And like I said, you pay a premium for that. I recommended the Transcend 2TB Thunderbolt USB 3.0 external hard drive for Mac. Again, a terribly long name. And it came in it's slightly cheaper at $190. I don't think there's going to be a dramatic difference between those two drives. So you can save a little bit of money. Or Western Digital, I think, has a bit, a little bit better name than Transcend in this space. So I think I, I like CJ's a, a recommendation there. Just great. Um, again, I don't think the drive brand matters a whole lot, but hit up the show notes if you want the links. The good question Andrew followed up with in the Facebook group, though, was how many photos can fit on that? It's a good question, and I, you know, I, I tried to figure out how can I go through megabytes versus gigabytes versus terabytes, and uh, it all gets so confusing so fast. So, just giving you some rough, rough estimates. It's you could do some math and come up with some different numbers for sure, but kind of generalizing things: a crop factor uh, body, a crop sensor body, micro four thirds. You can probably fit between 80,000 and 100,000 photos on a 2 terabyte drive. Uh, if you go up to full frame 18 megapixel, and the megapixel makes a big difference on file size, get about 60,000. For full frame 32 megapixel, like the Nikon D800, about 40,000. And if you go all the way up to those big boys, the Canon 5DS and 5DSR, 50 megapixel sensors that you could get about 30,000. So it drops down significantly based on how big that sensor is. And that gives you a rough idea. So, you know, it, it really depends on what you're shooting, what the megapixels are, but it's still a, quite a few numbers of photos there. 30,000 of the photos from the, the Canon 5DS is, is pretty big. Okay. So the recommendation for not just Andrew, for everybody would be when you hit this wall as a photographer and you've got to figure out a way to get more storage space because your internal hard drive inside your computer is too full, don't just solve the problem with a single drive. You could, it would work, 
but you're really in danger of losing photos. And if you hit this wall, you probably don't realize that you're also hitting the wall in backup and you maybe haven't. And it sounds like Andrew didn't in his question. He was just about to pull the trigger on, on trying to add some cloud storage so that he could do some backup. If you're going to solve this problem and you're going to invest in an external hard drive, invest in a backup strategy as well. Go listen to my podcast about it. Go listen to, or go uh, read my article about it. And Jim goes through this really well in that training, the Lightroom Medic training. But you need to get a second drive to be there. Not just cloud, that's good too, but two drives is what I'm going to recommend. That's what we told Andrew to do is two drives. We told him specifically get one that's Thunderbolt and one that's USB 3.0. He told us he has a 2011 MacBook, and that's five years old at the time of this recording. And that machine in particular has a single Thunderbolt 1 port and two USB 2.0 ports. And if they were 3.0, then I would just have said, go get two USB 3.0 drives. But they're USB 2.0, and that's really a lot slower than Thunderbolt is. So much that I think it's worth it. And that's why I said this advice is kind of specific to Andrew. I think for Andrew, it was worth it to get a Thunderbolt connected external hard drive because the speed will be important as you're using Lightroom and the workflow I'm going to recommend. If you had 3.0 ports, USB 3.0 ports, I just get two USB 3.0 drives. They're fast enough that this workflow will work great for you. Now let's talk about how to use Lightroom with these drives. And this is the steps that we didn't outline already for Andrew. So this is the specific help I had promised Andrew that I'd give you on how to kind of manage this stuff through Lightroom. There's some prep work we have to do outside of Lightroom, but once it's done, it's done. You won't have to do it again. And now you'll be able to manage your full, your photos just through Lightroom. And that's the, the way I recommend doing it. There's other ways to do it. Doesn't mean they're wrong. I'm just saying this is the way I would do it. This is the way I would choose to manage it. I think it makes it simpler for everything. All right, so the first thing that I wanna talk about is I don't think you should put your catalog onto the external hard drive. You're gonna hear that recommendation from some others and that might work for a lot of people, but there's a specific reason having to do with smart previews, we'll get to in a second, where I think it's valuable to have your catalog located on your hard drive. Then you'll have the ability to unplug your drive, your external hard drive, and not take, have to take it with you. And when you travel, you still will have access to your photos, especially when you've, if you've generated smart previews, which you need to do. If you haven't heard yet why you should do smart previews, then you need to go listen to the Photo Taco on smart previews. And I think I will convince you why you need to do it. It will make Lightroom way faster if you use smart previews. But anyway, that's this is one of the reasons to use it too. You can unplug that external hard drive. When we're all done with this, you'll be able to unplug your external hard drive and still see and work and edit on most of your photos. Okay, so keep your catalog where it is today. You don't need to make a change there. It's already on your internal hard drive on your computer. Just leave it there. The second thing is when you're importing photos, do it just like you are today too. Even though you're going to eventually have this external hard drive where you could import the photo photos directly to it, I think it's better to import it into your internal hard drive and do all of your culling and editing and everything off of that, especially if you're going to generate smart previews. I think that would make sense. Although, to be honest, if you're going to generate smart previews, it might make sense to import them directly to the external hard drive and only have those available when you're around your external hard drive. So it's going to, I guess you're going to have to kind of figure out how you want to do it. But in general, I think it's just a better idea 
until you're done editing to keep them on your uh, internal hard drive, the hard drive that's inside your laptop. Okay, now let's talk about how you kind of make Lightroom aware of this external hard drive. You sort of have to register it. I don't know how to describe it. Somehow Lightroom needs to be told that you've got this external drive where you want to put photos. So let's let's walk through kind of step by step how to do that. And this is the information, Andrew, I promised I would relay in the podcast that we didn't already provide you on Facebook is this step by step process. So when the very first time you plug an external drive into a MacBook, it's going to ask you if you want to use that drive for time machine backups which is a great way to back up your computer. It's it's really good for that. I recommend you don't use this drive to do both things. Don't have it do Time Machine and be the place that you do your photos. You could, there's no technical reason why you can't do that, but I think it's gonna lead to some management kind of struggles later. It can get confusing and you're gonna you're far more likely to run out of space because those time machine backups are gonna take a lot of space. So it's gonna reduce how many photos you can put on the drive. So when that window pops up and asks, do you wanna use this for time machine? Hit the don't use button. All right, now you need to open up Finder and you go find the external hard drive. It's gonna be listed on the left-hand side of Finder under the devices section. It's gonna be named something that the manufacturer will put on it, some default name. If you bought a Western Digital My Passport drive, it's probably labeled My Passport. And you can change the label, of course, and you might want to. If you kind of double click on the device's uh, name under the devices, you can pick any name you want. And you might want to do that. You might want to say it's like your photos drive or something like that. Um, but we, what we need to do is go create a folder on that drive that we're going to point Lightroom to. So Lightroom sees that folder as a possible destination for photos. So when you have it there, you've clicked on it under the devices section. The next thing you're going to do is file and then new folder. And you're going to want to name it something like photos or whatever makes sense to you. But photos is a good a good name of the folder, I think. Now, if the new folder menu option in Finder is grayed out on the Mac, that's because you bought a drive that's formatted for Windows. And it's a specific format that Mac can't write to. It can read but it can't write. If that's there, you need to go format the drive, format it for Windows. You can do that with disk utility. You choose the erase function. I'm not gonna go into any more detail on that, but if that's what happens, then that's you know what how to fix it. Okay, now with your new photos folder on the drive, next you open up Lightroom and you go into the library module. And on the left-hand side, you're gonna find the folders section. And then on that folder section, on the title bar there, right to the right of folders, there's a plus button. You hit that plus button and you're gonna choose add folder. That'll open up a new window, looks a whole lot like Finder. And again, you're gonna choose your drive on the left-hand side under devices and it's gonna show the folders that are there and one of them's gonna be named photos now or whatever you named it, whatever makes sense to you. And that will bring up kind of an import window there's no photos to import, so it should be empty. There shouldn't be anything there. You're just going to hit the import button in the lower right. And now what you've done is you've told Lightroom about that drive. And now you can drag and drop photos from your internal drive, which should be listed also under that photo folders section in um, the library module. You can drag entire photo folders of photos. It's hard to say. <laughs> folders of photos down to that external drive and drop it on the photos folder. 
or you can do individual files or you can do like drag collections down there although collections is not a great way to work through these things so um, so that that's kind of the basic setup now Lightroom knows about it now when you're done editing a session when you've gone through you imported the photos to your internal drive just like you always have you've edit you've culled them you've edited them you've done whatever you're going to do with them the last step I would do then when you're done with a session like that is to take the folder that was on your internal drive and drag the folder down to your external drive. Lightroom will take a few minutes. It's going to take a little bit to copy all those photos across. But when it's done, Lightroom still knows where they are, but it moved them to the external drive. And now if you unplug the drive, if you built smart previews, and again, go listen to the Photo Taco podcast on smart previews to understand about that. But if you've built smart previews and you unplug that external drive, even though the photos, the original files are located on that external drive and Lightroom can't find them anymore, it'll have smart previews of the photos and you can still do a whole lot of things with smart previews. And they're very much smaller, so you can fit lots more of them. They're like 2 to 8% the size of the normal original file. So they're really, really small in comparison to your original. And it's a really nice way to be able to have that. So now you, you'll Lightroom will still know about them. You'll still be able to search on keywords. It'll still be able to search on your star ratings or your pick and unpicked flags. Whatever you've done to manage those photos is still there. And Lightroom still knows about them. It's really a good way to be able to organize everything. Uh, I've heard some recommendations on some, some people even recommend on the Facebook group that they start a new catalog every year. They start a brand new catalog, they have a brand new external hard drive, and they put all the photos onto that external hard drive through the year. And when the year's over, they put that hard drive kind of in storage, and they go create a brand new catalog and a brand new external drive. And that's one strategy to do it. The thing I don't like about that option is you now can't search across those drives. If you've got a photo you're looking for, or you've got a client who said, hey, I'd love to see your photos of mountains or sunsets or whatever the topic is. If you've done a good job keywording, it won't matter because you have to go search across all those drives. And it's a less effective thing. I've done some testing. I've done Photo Taco episode about large catalogs too. You can have extremely large catalogs. The challenge is then just having all the disks there. So at some point, that's the wall that I, I told you you're going to hit. That's why this is an intermediate solution. At some point, that two terabyte drive is not going to be enough. It's going to be too little and you're going to need more space. And yeah, you could go get another two terabyte drive and you can name them different so that in the devices part of Finder, they look different and you can maybe put years on them or you know, there's lots of strategies you can do. But this is where Jim has recommended and I, I support it that you don't, it just becomes problematic once you get past two or three of them to figure out where all of your photos are and how you're going to find them. And that's where, when you get to that point, when you outgrow this two terabyte drive, then it's time to look at a RAID system, something that is direct attached storage, which means it's connected to either USB or Thunderbolt, not network. And I go through that in the uh, article on improvephotography.com. I talk about why that's the case but you don't want the network one for this. It's just not fast enough. Okay, so there's kind of, I, I hope some help. I hope that <laughs> that answered the question. Uh, and that's it for this episode. So thanks for listening. Check out the portrait sessions, improve photography and tripod podcasts. If you aren't listening to them, you're missing out on a lot of valuable information. 
Always ask you to go support the mothership over at improvephotography.com for news, gear, and other photo tip articles. And uh, make sure you go share the show. Enter that contest July 1st to July 30th, 2016. Give away a free portfolio review that I will do. And uh, I hope it will be a good way to improve your photography. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in another seven days. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!